0: This time, each and every Friday, every of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow, we have the privilege of reading Pasha's Balak. Pasha's Balak, while it does not contain any of the 613 mitzvot of the Torah... In its 104 verses, it does contain many important hashkafic, philosophic ideas that have maintained and sustained the Jewish people till this very day. Very interesting that these principles have been charged to us through Billam. And our rabbis tell us, as we know, Lokum Od Kimoshe. There was in Israel no other prophet with as great or with the potential of Moshe. Bilam was for the non Jewish world, so they couldn't say if we only had a Moshe, you had a Bilam, And as you'll see in a moment, there was a very sharp distinction between them. Bilam is hired to curse the Jewish people, recognizing that our strength is in our ability to communicate with God and as much as he tried, as we're taught in the fifth book, God transformed his curses to blessing, because ultimately God loves the Jewish nation. And so, in this parsha, there is the charge, ...to the Jewish nation, that their survival will depend on their remaining separate and distinct from the other nations of the world. As we are told, am lavad yishkon. Behold, it is a nation that will dwell in solitude. Moreover, the prophecy that there always will be Jewish houses of assembly... For prayer, for study, this too is found in the familiar verse, Matovu, O Yakov, Yaakov, how goodly are your tents, O Jacob, Mishkenosecha Yisrael, your dwelling places, O Israel. And finally, the assurance that a Moshiach will redeem the Jewish nation at the end of history is found in chapter twenty-four, verse seventeen. Dorach kolchav miYaakov, a star has issued from Jacob, and a scepter bearer has risen from Israel. And the Rambam in his Hilchos Melachim, chapter eleven, verse. Uh, paragraph 1 notes that whoever denies the concept of Moshiach is denying the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu. In the fifth chapter of Avos, The Ethics of Our Fathers, in Mishnah 22, we are taught of three differences regarding the character traits of Avraham and Bilam, Abraham, the Mishnah teaches us, had an ayin tova, a good eye, ruach Nemucha, a humble spirit, and a meek soul, a nefesh shvalla. Bilam, on the other hand, had an ayin raah, an evil eye, ruach kevoha an arrogant spirit, and a nefesh rachava a greedy soul. Now, the good eye is usually understood as one who is not jealous of the next one's success, usually understood in a materialistic form. However, Rav Yosef Shalom El Yoshev, Sechatzadik Levracha in his Divrei agada, notes a sharp contrast between Moshe and Bilam. When Moshe is told back in Parshas Baloscha, Eldad Umeidad Misnabim Bimamachane Eldad Umeidad are prophesizing in the camp Moshe's immediate response was, Meitain Oh, would it only be that the entire People of Hashem could be prophets. Not only was Moshe not jealous of these two, but rather Moshe was most willing to spread the wealth of the knowledge of God. In contrast, the Midrash in the Yalkut Shimoni in Yisro, chapter 268, teaches that when Hashem was about to give the Torah, the entire world stirred and realized that something extraordinary was about to happen, and were taught that all of the kings gathered to derive counsel from Bilam, and they asked of him, as we recite In Tilim Choftes, Hashem, l'mabu yoshov, meaning, has Hashem reverted back to the flood? And Bilam assured them that he already vowed not to destroy the world. Rather, he was giving his Torah to the nation of Israel. He then, according to the Medrash, sent them each back to their respective peoples. Now, Rav Yoshev notes that Bilam had them literally in the palm of his hands. He could certainly have utilized the moment to spiritually energize the world by encouraging them to accept the seven Noahide laws based upon their divine origin. But Noah's, excuse me, Bilam's ayin ra'ah, his evil eye, prevented him from sharing spirituality with others. This was a dark moment in world history. Another one, the Talmud in the Gemara Chulin 92b notes that while the nations of the world violate their seven Noahide laws, there are at least three laws that they do keep, and they are, one, they do not write a marriage contract, exuba for males, they do not sell the remains of a human corpse, and they honor the Torah. And how sad it is that in the times in which we now live, there's a flagrant violation of all of the above. To begin with, recognizing that there's a need for organs, today it has become prevalent that a cardiac arrest donor, having given explicit instructions, can have the plug pulled on the respirator and his organs harvested shortly thereafter for what will soon be a lucrative price this is an outright violation of murder in accordance with Jewish law last Friday on the 26th of June 2015 the Supreme Court of the United States legalized gay marriages throughout the United States. It's amazing how history repeats itself. Historians attribute the downfall of both Greece and Rome to their accepted sexual immorality. And the Midrash in Bereshis twenty six five teaches that the final straw that broke the back of the generation of the flood was their writing a marriage contract for males and for humans with animals. Note that the Bible at the end of chapter 22 in Beretius teaches Al Cain Yazov Ish, Esovives Emo. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and cling to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. This was directed to all of mankind. And this is a direct violation of the third law cited above. In the Gemara Chulin, of their having regard and respect in yesteryear for the Torah. Aside from shame and disappointment, how might Torah-observant Jews respond? Interestingly, again, we learn from Bilam, The Gemara in Sanhedrin, 106a teaches that Bilam taught Elohehem shal Elo, the God of Israel so Zimoh cannot tolerate immorality and therefore as we find at the end of the parsha, he therefore advised Moab to entice the men of Israel and unfortunately this Plan had its initial success. It is interesting to note the base Halevi, in his opening teachings on Parshas Noah, addresses the following question: The Torah states that all of civilization was to be destroyed, as Ki Kolbasar. Basar. Literally, all flesh had corrupted its ways upon the earth. And Rashi cites the Gemara in Sanhedrin 108a, that even the animals, the beasts, and the birds cohabited with other species. And the base Halevi asks, Hai It's understood that man who has free will regarding his morality He can choose to conduct himself in an immoral fashion. But animals who don't have free will, how did their natural inclinations change? And the Beis Halevi answers that the actions of man have cosmic consequences. And as a result of man's immorality, the animals, the lower strata of society, were negatively impacted. I find it most ironic that the rainbow flag that has come to symbolize gay pride and rights. Take a look. Unbeknown to the committee who created this flag in 1976, our holy Torah has taught, in Beratius chapter 9, verse 15, that the rainbow is a symbol of God's anger towards man. And were it not for His oath not to destroy the world again after the flood, the rainbow serves as a clear indicator that man has angered His Creator. We begin this Sunday with the fast of Shavasar the Tammuz. Indeed, the 17th of Tammuz is tonight and tomorrow Shabbos, but we do not fast on Shabbos. The period of the three weeks begins literally with Shabbos, but the three weeks, in terms of its observance, culminates with the fasting on the 9th of Av. Aside from the formal restrictions of haircuts, weddings, and live music, this time is meant to be a period of introspection and self-scrutiny. And as Tuma, impurity, spreads its ugly negativity to the rest of society, Tahara sanctity, purity and holiness as well can uplift and enhance society. Rav Pam Seychat was wont to cite the Gemara Kedushin that if the owner of an animal consecrates the leg of an animal as an offering, the state of of holiness is mispachetes The caducia encompasses the entire animal. And even those that disagree regarding a leg, certainly if one consecrates a limb that is vital to the life of the animal, the entire animal becomes holy. Thus, our response must be as well a greater hispashtos spreading of sanctity, a greater adherence and appreciation for the laws and privileged lifestyle of kedusha, sanctity that we live by. Each and every bracha that the Jew recites must remind us, Asher kitzonu who has sanctified us with His commandments. And just as even a small amount of light can dispel a great deal of darkness, we pray that our increase of kedusha, of sanctity, will not only protect us and our families, but increase His presence in the world. Shabbat Shalom. JAM in the AM. My thanks to Rabbi Yudin. It's Friday morning, erev Shabbos.